Johnny was saying to me there before we go, he made an excuse there for Margaret. He says, it's not that she didn't want to hear you, but she wasn't feeling 100%. So I'm sort of looking at excuses from the rest of them too. <laughs> if you could turn in your Bibles, please, to Psalm 135. Self together here. Okay. Just in preparing for this, you know, um, we were at cell group um, during the week, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, and I just just was led to read out from Psalm 135. And just as I was reading it, I just felt that's a message. You know, the way sometimes it just comes to you. And as I was reading Psalm 135, it just came to me, and we'll not get very far in it tonight. Just but just as I was preparing, I just thought, there's nothing like praising the Lord. You know, there's nothing like praising him. <clears throat> you know, we've just sung songs there and just uplifting him. And it does change our spirits and it does change our hearts and it does change our outlooks. And there's nothing like praising the Lord. Martin Luther said, the most acceptable service we can do and show unto God and which he alone desires of us is that he be praised of us. Charles Spurgeon says, wash your face every morning in a bath of praise. Psalm 34, verse 1 to 3, Psalmist says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord and the humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. You know, for the psalmist, praise was a serious thing. It wasn't something that he took lightly. You know, we just, even a casual reading of, it, of the book of Psalms, it's just full of praise and worship and glory unto his God. And he, to him, it was a serious thing. He loved to praise. It permeated his very being. And how many of us can say it permeates us? We just have to praise God. We have to praise him. You know, David praised in the morning, he praised in the afternoon, and he praised in the evening time. It was something he just had to do because he wanted to worship his God. Psalm 103 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. You know, his praise was something that was personal to him. You know, David would, would have went away and spent quiet time with the Lord. You know, we talk about having our quiet time and our personal time with the Lord. And David was no exception. He wanted to steal away and spend the time with God and praise and worship him. But we're going to read in Psalm 135. And we're finding it's going to be more, it was just more than personal to him. It was something that he wanted to share with like-minded people. It was something that he wanted to come together and he wanted to say, let's praise the Lord. He wanted others to experience that joy of praise also. You know, a heart that praises is a heart that wants others to praise. It's a heart that wants to draw people into the presence of God and praise him and worship him. 
You know, Clifford and the band gets up here on a Sunday. And to be honest with you, they're not coming here to entertain. And the main goal is to draw us into worship and into praise. And I know Clifford, we all know Clifford personally. He, he just loves to be exuberant and praise God. Not just for himself as well, but to draw us into the presence of God also. And the psalmist was like this. Psalm 95, oh come let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. You know, there's something about corporate praise. Private praise, yes. But there's something about corporate praise when we all come together. And this is what Psalm 135 talks about. Let's just read a few verses. It says, praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the name of the Lord. Praise him, O ye servants of the Lord. Ye that stand in the house of the Lord, in the courts of the house of our God. Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing praises unto his name, for it is pleasant. Praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. And you can see David here, this is plural. He's saying praise ye the Lord. He didn't say I will praise the Lord or praise the Lord. It's praise ye the Lord. This is a, he's an exhortation for us to praise God. Praise ye the Lord. The word praise in the Hebrew is halal, from where we get hallelujah. And basically at its root, meaning halal means mean to boast. Are you any good at boasting? You're being all humble now, aren't you? <laughs> no, I'm not like that. But listen, this is one area where we can boast. We can boast about our God. You know, I'm saying David didn't come in, the, in front of the congregation and say, praise ye the Lord. He said, praise ye the Lord. He exhorted them. And he was boasting. He says, let's boast about the Lord our God. Let's boast about the great things that he has done for us. Let's boast about him and his greatness, his power and his might. You know, it means in the sense of shouting. Hallelujah, in the sense of shouting. Have we something to shout about tonight? Have we something to praise about tonight? Hallelujah, praise God. Psalm 148 to 150. We're going to read some of them in a, in, a, in a wee while. But it's all about praise. It commands all living things and all created things to praise the Lord. Even the sun and the moon is commanded to praise God. So praise is serious. Because God commands everything to praise him. And we are one of the, the, the we are the, as humans, we're asked to praise. And it is a choice for us to praise our God. He asks us to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <coughs> Let us praise the Lord. Praise is personal, but it's also corporate. And that's why we come into the house of God to praise him. Psalmist says, praise ye the Lord. The choir master invites the congregation to praise the Lord together. It says, praise ye the Lord. And the word for the Lord there is Yahweh. And it means sacred, the eternal self-existent one, the all-sufficient one, the Lord of all, master of all, creator God, your creator, my creator, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Praise your God as the creator, as your owner, as your Lord, as your master. You know, David came in and, and he got his perspective right on who God was. 
He was the king. He was God. He was the sovereign. And he didn't come in any old way. He got focused first on who God was. He says, praise ye the Lord. But then he also says, praise ye the name of the Lord. You know, not only is God eternal, not only is he almighty, not only is he the creator of the heavens and the earth, not only is he sovereign, but he's also our father. Because the name is personal. David says, praise ye the name of the Lord. Now it's becoming more personal. Because now he's become our father, our savior, the lover of our soul, our comforter, our deliverer, our healer. And David says, praise ye the name of the Lord. Listen, you can't be friends with anyone without first knowing their name. You know, that's why we all have names. You know, imagine, you know, what's the name of your dog? Oh, it doesn't have a name, I just call him dog. There's no relationship there. Imagine you never named, never named your children. These are my children. What's their names? No, they're just children. How stupid does that sound? But a name means there's a chance and there is, is a grounds for relationship. You know, we know him as Jesus. We know his name. You know, when, when, when Moses came before God, and he was sending them back into Egypt to the children. And he says, what will I say your name is? And he says, tell them that I am. That I am. This is where the first mention of God's name. This is where it became very personal. And we worship God as God. But we also worship him as our Lord and Savior. Where he has become father to us. His name is above every name. At his name, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. This is the name of the Lord that we know. We praise him as God, but there's a different aspect for the believer. He is sovereign, but he's also savior. He is king, but he's also friend. He is almighty, but he is also comforter. He is God, but he's also Abba Father. You know, we think about the names in the Bible of God and into the New Testament where it talks about Jesus. Comforter, lover of our soul, counselor. All of these names are personal, but they're personal to us also. Because he, for as the believer, he is our saviour. So he is our God, but he is also our, 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 our saviour. He has become close to us. You know, this is a way of describing it here. A well-known English deist, Anthony Collins of the 7th century, was walking one day when he crossed paths with a, with a commoner. Where are you going, asked Collins? To church, sir. What are you going to do there? To worship God, sir. Is your God a great or a little God, asked Collins. He is both, sir. How can he be both? He is so great, sir, that the heaven of heavens cannot contain him. And so little that he can dwell in my heart. 
Collins later declared that this simple answer had more effect on his mind than all the volumes he had ever read about God and all the lectures he had ever heard. God is God and he's so big, but he's so little that he will dwell in our hearts. He is majesty on high and he is the savior of our souls. Praise ye the name of the Lord. It says then, praise him, O ye servants of the Lord. Praise him, O ye servants of the Lord. You know, when we praise the Lord and when we praise the name of the Lord, there you will find a servant of the Lord. You know, show me someone who serves and you'll find someone who praises. You'll find someone who worships. Show me someone who won't serve and you'll see someone who won't praise. You know, it says praise him. You know, we get caught up so many times in things and we put our time and our effort into them. But God wants us to praise him. To take that time, set it aside and praise him. Praise him, O ye servants of the Lord. Romans 12 talks us, tells us about present ourselves a living sacrifice unto God. A living sacrifice. Listen, have you, you know, half a sacrifice is not a sacrifice. To be so crude about it, you know, in the Old Testament when they sacrificed, they sacrificed a pigeon or one of the doves. They didn't, for, sorry for being so rude, they didn't cut half a wing off. They sacrificed the whole bird. And God wants us to sacrifice all to him in praise and in worship and in service unto him. There's no such thing as half a sacrifice. And then God says it's our reasonable service. It's reasonable. When someone does something, we say, oh, well, it's reasonable. You know, we think of that as a small thing, don't we? But why do we not think of it as a small thing in the light of what God has done for us. Present yourselves a living sacrifice, which is your reasonable service. Servants worship. Servants praise their God, their master. You know, what the psalmist is really saying is that praise and service go together. Praise and service goes together. You can't say, I love the Lord and not do nothing for him. You can't say you love your wife and never do a thing for her. You can't say you love your husband and never do a thing for them. That's not service. That's not love. That's not praise. We serve. You know, one without the other is impossible. You know, by definition, our very service is praise unto God. When we obey him, it's praise unto God. When we do what he commands us, it's praise unto God. A servant does not belong to himself. A servant belongs unto his master. Let me just read you this definition of it. The Greek word doulos is translated bond slave or servant. Servants born in a state of slavery were called bond slaves. They were bound to their master in a relationship that could only be broken by death. 
This permanent bonding was ultimately made as a matter of the will of the master and slave. At a certain stage of their relationship, if the master was well pleased with services rendered, he could offer the slave freedom. At this point, the slave was free to choose whether to remain with the master or become independent. If the slave was well pleased with the master and chose to remain, a ceremony followed that marked their relationship. The earlobe of the slave was placed against the doorpost of the master's house and the master drilled a hole through it with an awl. The slave was thus earmarked as the willful property of the master in a lifelong relationship. Once this act of commitment was complete, the slave became the property of the master, who assumed the responsibility for providing for and protecting the slave. Those who are the bond slaves of Jesus Christ are likewise his property, and he takes upon himself their provisions and their protection. You know, you know, the making of a slave against a doorpost left blood thereon. In the Old Testament, there were three occasions when the blood on the doorpost was symbolical. The three uses indicate three characteristics, three characteristics of a bond slave. In Exodus 12, 23, it meant, I believe. In Deuteronomy 6, 9, it meant, I obey. And in Deuteronomy 15, 17, it meant, I love. Combine these three meant that a bond slave served the master even to the extent of disregard for his or her own interests. Rights and status had nothing to do with a servant's behavior. The issue was ownership. When that ownership was a result of choice with the slave, service was so much sweeter. Listen, do we belong to him? If we belong to him, then let us praise him with our service. We'll not always be perfect, but if the intention of our heart is to serve him, it'll be then to praise him. And our service will be so much sweeter. Let's focus on him. Praise him, O ye servants of the Lord. It says about the servants, this is what C.H. Spurgeon says about it. If others are silent, you must not be. You must be the first to celebrate his praises. You are servants and this is part of your service. His name is named among you. Therefore, celebrate his name. With praises, you know what a blessed master he is. Therefore, speak well of him. Those who shun his service are sure to neglect his praise. But as grace has made you his own personal servants, let your hearts make you his court musicians. I think it's a lovely way of putting it. He's done so much for us. He is our master. He is altogether lovely. He is worthy of our praises. Servants praise their Lord. Again, the psalmist, the psalm's just so full of it. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised and his greatness is unsearchable. Revelation 19 and 5 says, And a voice came out of the throne saying, Praise our God, all ye his servants, and ye that fear him, both small and great. Praise is, 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 is it's becoming just really personal in this psalm. The Lord, the name of the Lord. He's our master. He's our Lord. He's our savior. Then we be your servants and we serve and our service is praise. And then it says, Ye that stand in the courts, sorry, you, ye that stand in the house of the Lord, in the courts of the house of our God. 
He that stand in the house of the Lord in the courts of the house of our God. You know, both spiritually, when we go to have our quiet times and we come into this place, we spiritually are coming before God's throne. We've come into his house. Not this building as such per se, but we've come into the presence of God. We've come into his house. We've come in to stand before him. You know, even at home and in here, we're standing before God. Pastor said the other, the other week when we were pre- he's talking about prayer, he says, God sees us. He sees us in that quiet place. And that's awesome when you think about it. He sees us. When you come in and close that door, God's eyes are on us. He's on you. And he's on us tonight. Do you know what this tells me? That the house and his courts are not for our entertainment. They're for his praise. This is not a place to play. It's a place to praise. It's serious. Praise is serious. And this is what this, I don't mean it to sound heavy because praise is an awesome thing. It's a joyous thing. We'll talk about that in a moment. But we need to come in with the right attitude before God. We need to come in with the right heart before God. Praise is serious. The psalmist took it serious and we need to take it serious. His house and his courts are for his praise. Even Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. You know, I'd seen a, 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 something on YouTube during the week and at the end of the day, it was quite disturbing to be honest with you. You know, I was watching this, this DVD that um, someone had posted and basically it was a praise time. It was a, not going to names or anything, but they were talking about the spiritual hokey pokey. <laughs> to be honest with you, and I'm really embarrassed saying that <laughs> Because to be honest with you, God deserves so much more than this. And you see in the praise later, and he tried to make it a sound as spiritual as you could get it. The hokey pokey, literally. You put your left arm in, your left arm out. And then they took it off in some sort of, <laughs> well, leave that to your imagination. But to be honest with you, I thought, this is God that we come before. And we need to make sure that there's reverence for him. That there is reverence for God. You know, could, could, in all seriousness, you imagined King David being involved in something so light and taking something so demeaning to God, taking it serious. It's a serious thing to praise God. It's a blessed thing to praise God. It's not something to be taken lightly. You know, Psalm 5 and 7, but as for me, I will come into thy house in the multitude of thy mercies and in thy fear will I worship toward thy holy temple. You know, the multitude of thy mercies, you can already see what the psalmist is saying. I'm here. It's a privilege for me to be here. It's a privilege for me to praise. Let me give my best. I will fear and in the fear will I worship toward thy holy temple. Psalm 122 verse 1 says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Jesus said, before he said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. 
Listen, the house is for praise. Your quiet time is for praise and worship and seeking the face of God. This is where it's for. This is praise unto God. And he deserves it. And he wants it. And it's for our good and for his pleasure. So we want to praise the Lord. We would stand in the house of our Lord. Then it says, Praise the Lord for the Lord is good. Is the Lord good? Well, that wasn't too good. <laughs> but the Lord is good. Praise the Lord. You know, just in the rest of the psalm, we haven't time to go through it. You know, but in verse 4, just some of the goodness of the Lord. For the Lord has chosen Jacob unto himself and Israel for his peculiar treasure. You know, the Lord has made us a treasure. He has called us and he has made us something of worth. In verse 8, it talks about he already sets the, the captive free. He has set us free. Isn't that good? He has set us free from sin and death. Verse 10 talks about how he fought the battles of Egypt and he fights our battles. When the enemy comes in, he fights our battles. He is strong on our behalf because we're too weak. But he fights his, the battles on our behalf. Verse 12, he has given us a future. God has been so good to us. He is worthy of the praise. He is worthy of the worship. But turn with me to Luke 10. We know this passage pretty well, but it's always worth reading again. And Jesus here has, has sent out his disciples and he has empowered them. And he sent them into the cities and he's commanded them to heal the sick and to say unto them, the kingdom of God has come unto you. And then he says, but I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable in verse, sorry, verse 12, more tolerable in that day for Sodom and Gomorrah. Woe unto thee, um, Chorazin, woe unto thee, Bethsaida, for if the mighty works had been done in Tyre and Sidon, which had been done in you, they had a great while ago repented, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the judgment than for you. And now Capernaum, which are exalted into heaven, shall be thrust down to hell. He that heareth you heareth me, and he that despiseth you despiseth me, and he that despiseth me despiseth him that sent me. And look what happened here. And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now listen to what Jesus really counted as good. The healings, the deliverances were all good. But this is the good what Jesus points out. Notwithstanding in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Rejoice because your names are written in heaven. This is what Jesus says was really good. The deliverances, the power, good. But this is what Jesus is really getting at. 
We need to rejoice that the Lord has been good to us, that he has saved our souls. This is the important thing. This is what Jesus saw as the height of goodness, as the height of the goodness of God. You know, he that is good gave his only son. Praise the Lord for he is good because he gave his best. You know, we say the phrase and we say it so often, you know, if he never done another thing for us, that would be enough. And you know something, that's true. But he's also that good that he did more for us. That he set us free. That he has made us sons, as Tony talked about today. We're not orphans, we're not slaves, we are sons. And he has done that for us. And he deserves praise, for that is good. You know, from this one act of act of goodness flows every other good gift of God. You know, but without the goodness of God, the rest is totally useless. It's not worth nothing unless we know the Lord. Matthew 16, verse 26, we know it well. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Listen, the Lord has given us the best. He gave his son to shed his blood for us, to die on the cross for us. He gave his best. Listen, there's no greater gift. Listen, we could live in a hovel and know the Lord. David says, I would rather be a gatekeeper in the house of the Lord than dwell in the tents of wickedness. Has the Lord been good to you? And then praise the Lord. You know, tonight I don't know where everybody stands in this room. But without the Lord, it's only a lost eternity. You know, good things flow from God. Only the best things flow from God. So if you're born again tonight, then the Lord has been good to you. But let me ask you tonight, are you born again? Are you born again? Do you know where you stand with before God? Do you know his goodness? Or don't be, don't, don't be deceived. He will send you to hell if you don't know his son. But if you don't know him tonight, listen to what Isaiah 59 verse 1 says. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save. Neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. Listen, if you don't know the Lord tonight, call out to him. You know where you stand before him? Call out to him. Because he's waiting to save. His hand is not shortened. Call out to him. He will hear you. And he will change you. And you will experience goodness like you never experienced. The goodness of salvation. The Bible says every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. God has always been good, and God will always be good. Don't let anybody tell you that God isn't good. He is good. He is goodness. So praise the Lord, for he is good. And then it says, sing praises unto his name. You know, automatically when we think of praise, we think of music. 
We think of singing and the praise and worship time and the, the words go up and we sing along. But this is this in this this psalm. This is the first time it talks about singing praises. So there's more to just singing. Our service, as I said, is praise. Our actions are praise. Our thoughts are praise. And then when we come here, we sing praises unto him. We sing praises. We call it praise and worship or the praise time. But our praise should have started long before we come to church. You know, did your praise start before you came here? Let me ask you, has your praise been going all week? Has your worship been going all week? Or do you think, well, I'll just wait to get Sunday and I'll do my praise there. Listen, our lives are a life of praise unto God. And he is worthy of it. We need to start throughout the week. For he is worthy to be praised. The praise of our thoughts. And the praise of our actions. And then the praise of our mouths. You know, John Trapp says, He is good and doeth good, and therefore is to be praised with mind, mouth, and practice. Our whole lives are praise, and we sing praises unto him. And then it says, It is pleasant. Do you like pleasant things? Do you like nice things? There's nothing nicer than praising the Lord. Give her just one of those times where we just go into the presence of God and his presence comes and we're just lifted. We're just lifted. Our spirit is drawn up. Our mind is focused on him. The troubles go. The troubles just disappear in his presence. I think that's pleasant. Sing praises unto the Lord for it is pleasant. A rowboat in the sand is hard to move. But when the tide comes in, it is easy. The church is like that. When the church is like that, when genuine worship is absent from the church, she struggles to do her work. But when a tide of praise uplifts her heart, everything goes a lot better. We want to sing praises unto God, for it is pleasant. Just want to finish. Just I didn't want to keep you long tonight because I did ask the band and just. As we're talking about praise, we want to practice it a little. We're just going to sing a few songs and we're just going to praise God. Remember, praise is unto him. And we boast, what we're doing, we're boasting in our God. Let me just read a few. I encourage you to go home and read these anyway. Psalm 148. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise ye him, all his angels. Praise ye him, all his hosts. Praise ye him, sun and moon. Praise him, all ye stars of light. Praise him, you heavens of heavens and you waters that be above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. He, ha- he hath also established them forever and ever. He has made a decree which shall not pass. Praise the Lord from the earth, ye dragons and all deeps. Fire and hail, snow and vapor, stormy wind fulfilling his word. Mountains and all hills, fruitful trees and all cedars. Beasts and all cattle, creeping things and flying fowl. Kings of the earth and all people. Princes and all judges of the earth. Both young men and maidens, old men and children. 
Let them praise the name of the Lord. For his name alone is excellent. His glory is above the earth and heaven. He also exalteth the horn of his people. The praise of all his saints. Even of the children of Israel. A people near unto him. Praise ye the Lord. Listen, everything's included there. Praise ye the Lord. And you're included. Let's praise the Lord. Psalm 149 goes on the same vein. Praise the Lord. Sing unto the Lord a new song. And his praise in the congregation of saints. Let Israel rejoice in him that made him. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let them praise his name in the dance. Let them sing praises unto him with a timbrel and harp. For the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. He will beautify the meek with salvation. Just reading that just lifts my heart. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hands to execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishments upon the people, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute upon them the judgment written, this honor of all his saints. Praise ye the Lord. And then in verse 50, praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Amen. How many times have praise, was praise mentioned there? Anybody count? Well, I didn't either. But I'll tell you, let's continually praise him. For the Lord is good. He is our God. Praise him as our God. Praise him as our Savior. Praise him as you are servant. He is worthy to be praised. I'm just going to invite the band. They're going to come. And listen, what we're going to do? We're going to praise the Lord. Listen. Hallelujah was not a quiet word. It's about boasting about our God. And I know we all have different styles and we're all a wee bit more quieter. But listen, when it comes to praising the Lord, He should hear us. And it's not about who's beside you. It's not about how you sound. It's about praising the Lord. For He is worthy to be praised. Okay, Bon, come on ahead. Mm -hmm.